This is the good, the Baz, and the ugly. I'm the Baz. Well, that no, I'm Baz. That sounds weird if I were going around calling myself the Baz. Anyway, uh, look, this podcast is filled with uncensored interviews with experts in particular fields or real-life stories from people who have inspiring personal tales to tell. It covers various topics and life stories that I've really dug, you know what I mean? And I think you'll dig them too. Just so you know, this podcast is for grown-ups. It may contain adult themes, sexual references, and strong language. Fuck yeah! No, I just wanted to. Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Hold it now, wait, hold it. I know you're gonna dig this. I think the best thing for me to do is to introduce him. What the... What's his name? Baz Ashwami. It's not Baz Ashwami, it's Baz Ashmawi. Welcome to episode 21 of The Good, The Baz and The Ugly. 21st I feel like I should make a speech huh 21 episodes that's a big that's a big that's a big mark and I got all 21 my kisses all my family Shit. back you're back just to see your beautiful peachy complexion man honestly I've missed you <laughs> you've been my all right sunburned complexion no you're looking good are you vaccinated yet when am I going to get you up close and personal I am I, I'm, I'm vaccinated yeah thankfully um but I can still do the same as everyone else who isn't vaccinated so it kind of means the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so me and you are vaccinated. What about? I'm uh, registered baby. Oh, registered. That's, I'm registered that baby, and I'm gonna take the shitty one shot Johnson vaccine, oh. but I'll be vaccinated. Wow. Okay. So no we're no more tears. Wow. No more tears. Is this that not a Johnson. shampoo? <laughs> They're giving you shampoo, are they? I take anything at this stage. Okay. Just shampoo in a syringe into your arm yeah this is nice anyway listeners listen i want to welcome you all back thank you very much Uh, we're on episode 21 as i mentioned um there's something that was bothering me for quite a while and it was sorry i went off mic i dropped something and there was something that was not bothering me but i was inquisitive about was um the big question about the simulation hypothesis i watched something on it ages ago and i was just fascinated by it i think it's important to to try and explain what is the simulation hypothesis because when you said it to me i didn't know okay the simulate the simulation hypothesis is a proposal regarding the nature of existence right so the proposal is that all the current existence that we know right now here in dublin ireland in europe inclusive of the earth and the rest of the fucking universe could in fact be an artificial simulation such as a computer simulation. Um, um, um. No, no, seriously. But like, like, and it's, it's like a lot of very clever people are back in there. Like Elon Musk, who, you know, he's out there. But Elon Musk is a big believer in this. You know, there's a lot of very, very clever people out there who believe this you know they think this is the most logical um kind of uh belief system to invest in at the moment that's what they believe so um so i asked mahi to find me a uh, dr zohra davudi i've I very much liked uh, dr davudi right because uh she's the assistant professor of physics and a fellow of Riken research center i'll i'll tell you why she's the expert i needed right The focus of her research is on simulating complex systems in nature arising from the most fundamental particles and interactions underlying them of their effective descriptions. Right, dumb that down. 
All life on Earth, living and inanimate, microscopic and cosmic, is governed by mathematical laws with apparently uh, arbitrary constants, right? This opens a question, if the universe is completely governed by these said laws, couldn't a powerful enough computer simulate it exactly? Could our reality actually be a detailed simulation set in place by a more advanced civilization? The us of the future. The chat I had, uh, I just... Mind-blowing. No, it was just so... It was just so interesting. And it, it really... I, I haven't stopped thinking about it. It just, it's just... It was just a great chat. I got so much from it. We loved it. I think you're really going to enjoy it too. This is that chat. Now, I'm very, very excited to talk to you, doctor. I'm, I'm terrified as well because this is complicated, isn't it? Well, it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> if you want to solve equations and prove some of these questions, it's very complicated. But I think there is a simple way to make sense of things as well. So I'm going to say this in the nicest way. I need you to dumb it down as simply as possible for me. So think of me like your young, young little brother who's about seven, right? And just break it down. Firstly, I suppose, um, Dr. Davidi, what, what do you do? What's your title? What, what do you do? Um, so I'm a professor at the University of Maryland. My everyday responsibilities are teaching, research, administrations, um, advising the students. Um, things of that nature, uh, kind of trying to educate the next generation of physicists, hopefully, mm. and also explore the world as a physicist myself and not miss out on that enjoyment. Absolutely. And tell me this then. So where were you when you heard about the simulation hypothesis first? When did you discover that? Mm, it's hard to tell when it was the first time. I think it's been always there, right? I mean, it's in media, it's in sort of ordinary conversations with friends and, and relatives. It's always about um, what's the nature of our universe? What's the nature of our lives? Is it real? Is it less than real, right? So all of these questions are, are connected. So we say um, for someone, someone, someone who's never, never heard of the simulation hypothesis, they, they've never heard of it before today, how would you explain it in a simple way? Um, the simplest way, I mean, there, there are uh, philosophical arguments well thought of and well put together to explain what exactly a simulation hypothesis is. But I think really the simplest way to say it is that if we as humans have reached an intellectual stage and technological stage that are able to simulate patches of our universe or our evolutionary history how is it to say that we're not also part of the simulation ourselves kind of the idea is connected to the fact that we are becoming more conscious and we're becoming more able and we're being more exposed to possibilities that we can do now i think probably um, the simulation hypothesis in the way that it is today would have not been formed 200 years ago because we didn't have enough knowledge and perspective of how simulations work and not being able to do it ourselves. But I think as of today, it's kind of, at least for me, the primarily it's kind of the question of 
if as scientists and technologists, we are able to perform really genius simulations of universe and its fundamental laws, how is it that we can't suppose the universe itself is a simulation? Because that, that's, to, to your everyday person, that's pretty, that's pretty out there, right? Because like, you, you have organized religion and people believe, oh my God, there's a God in the sky and he looks down and he does this and, and you know, and that was believed for years. So now you think because of the techni technological curve, the way that's become so severe now, like we're advancing so fast, that it's, it's, it's very much a possibility that the world that we live in and exist in now is an, in, is an existing simulation that someone else has created. Am I right? Yeah, so I'm not saying that this is my belief at this point, because uh, as a scientist, I can't even distinguish my belief from sort of my scientific opinion. It's kind of so entangled. I think at yeah. some point I reached a stage of consciousness as a physicist that I couldn't even say, I believe in this, but I can't find a way to prove it. It's just sort of entangled. Tell me this, what, what evidence, like what made you consider that we might be living in a simulation? Right, so exactly this kind of logical connection as opposed to kind of more scientific rigorous proof that I didn't have at the time and I still don't have it, as opposed to this kind of logical connection. You're saying that, well, if I'm able to do a little bit of simulation of the universe, why am I thinking that the universe itself is not already simulated or maybe performed on a computational basis, or it's kind of maybe from a more broader perspective is kind of information and computation oriented. There's also this possibility, you have to maybe think more deeply about um, what the universe is in the end of the day is kind of starting from very few fundamental laws of physics that we know of and kind of generating so much complexity out of it. Why did it have to be that way? And it kind of is logically consistent with if someone had um, a finite sized computer, still, if you want to simulate universe, it's got, it's got to be a huge giant computer, of course, but it's still, it's finite size, it's not infinity. If someone had that and um, had the ability in terms of uh, the knowledge and all the expertise to perform a simulation of starting from uh, first principles, uh, what would be the sort of the logical path? It would have been to start from simple underlying rules and a few input parameters into the simulation and then just let it run and generate a huge amount of complexity. And maybe that person is curious. Maybe there is no person. It's just like there. It's a computational basis for the universe without really a person sitting there and controlling it. But it's still kind of it's an interesting connection. Like why is that the universe appears to be so complex, so huge, so so exotic? But in the end of the day, as physicists, we go and discover this kind of simple looking laws. And once you solve it for in the context of this a huge, many-body complicated system, these simple laws would give you all these complexities. Why is that? So all of these kind of questions and hints, you put them together, you find kind of a 
logical connection there. It's not so strong to make you to believe it as a scientist, but makes you to wonder, are there ways for me to discover more convincing signatures uh, of this simulation scenario out there? So at least it makes you wonder, and that's important. I'll tell you the hook for me, right? Is because I know there's mathematical patterns that we see throughout the universe constantly, right? We'll get to that, right? But but I'm a gamer, right? I enjoy playing computer games, okay? And I have a VR set at home, so I play virtual reality. And in, at the time we're in now, like some of the games I've played are amazingly real. They feel very real. So I can only imagine in 20 years that to be able to tell the difference between being in a game and real life will probably be indistinguishable. Do you know what I mean? You won't be able to be able to grasp what reality is and what's, it's, I suppose it's what way you perceive reality really, right? I mean, I don't want to reduce all these ideas to computer game because I mean, in the end of the day, a computer game is a computer game. It's just like everything is at the surface. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like superficial. You just show the features that the user wants to see and play with. The user probably won't care about the biological nature of these creatures, doesn't care about what kind of molecules or chemical re reactions have been happening in the brain of this imaginary character we're talking about something that is as real as we are, meaning that it starts from exactly same ingredients that make me as a human and make you as a human and make something else out there, putting together all the fundamental level interactions of the nature and builds everything out of it. So even consciousness is real but it's computed out of all these very little fundamental uh, ingredients in the simulation. So it's complete, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, no, I, I get that. I, I just think for your regular Joe on the streets, the easiest way to, to fathom like, it's, like, if it was a game, sorry, I know you don't want me re referencing your science <laughs> as a computer game, but if it was, it would be the best fucking game ever because it's 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 perfect it's perfect in the sense that everything is exactly in in, in a real world so so i suppose it, it asks the question then who was would be running a simulation or controlling a simulation like that do you know oh i mean the answer to this question is no different than if the universe was not a simulation i mean if the universe was just like the way that is described to us in our science books there was a big bang, everything started from there, and you have this universe. You always wonder who did that, who made that decision to create this universe like this, or maybe it's just created out of nothing. There is no one out there that has a control over this situation. How is this scenario any different from simulation scenario? I don't think so, right? I mean, it's just part of the problem is that you're referring to our limited knowledge of simulation, the way that we do it today, as opposed to maybe a thousand years from today. And we're thinking that there has to be a simulator behind it. But you can exactly argue the same way for the simulation scenario. There may be someone that is controlling or some entity that is controlling the whole thing. Maybe there is none. 
But in terms of the answer to this question, it's no different from if we just had our regular theories of nature without the simulation. Uh, so I think it's important to not mix this, these two scenarios in terms of who is behind it. You can always ask that question no matter what, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have moments where you feel like you're in a simulation? Do you, do, do you have experiences where you think, hmm, that's a little bit odd. Like, I, 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 I always think of the Matrix. And you see the, the same cat walk by you twice and think, wait a fucking minute, that's not right. Like, is there, is there, because every, every, there must be glitches of some sort in everything, right? There must be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons we wanted to look at this from a scientific angle, right? Because, I mean, if there is a simulation, it's so perfect that we can't tell, we haven't been able to tell with all this technology and advances in our science and understanding, we haven't been able to say. So it must be really good simulation in terms of not revealing whether or not it's a simulation, right? So then um, you have to get a little bit smarter about this. You have to first take the simulation scenario seriously. And then second, um, you have to start to ask the question of what would be that glitch? What would be that signature? Maybe the simulator didn't care to do this part of the simulation as perfectly as he or she could. How could we tell, right? And the only way we can do this is actually, again, to go back to our simulations of nature. Because how else do I know? My, my brain is limited to my experiences. Of course. So the only way that I can learn about the limitations of that simulator of the universe is to think about my own limitation, which might not be the right way, but I have no other tool at the moment. So I explore anything that is possible at the moment, right? Mm, yeah. And, and then I suppose, well, how would that explain different civilizations and ancient civilizations and, and that aspect of history, I suppose? So that's all previous simulations is it is is that no i think we are part of one simulation the way i think about it the, the entire 13 point something billion um years of the universe history is one simulation it could not be any other way right it's not like there's someone out there in the universe i i mean maybe there is but it's i don't think it's like Someone would say, all right, let me have the, the Earth to be this simulation and then some, some other planet to be part of other simulation. The way I think about it from physical perspective, from the physics perspective, is that um, whoever that did the simulation, or if the simulation just started on its own, it started at the Big Bang. It started at um, this point in time, right? There is a point zero in the simulation when you just like push run right? And then everything starts from those fundamental degrees of freedom in the system or ingredients of the system. And then those a few fundamental laws of nature. What I think might be more plausible is that there would be other, other universes, right? Or multiverses, to be exact. Um, those could be their own entire simulations and are being run based on completely different physical laws. If you start to believe or think about or take this simulation hypothesis more seriously, you can then think about um, the answer to this question, this very particular question, why this particular law and not something else? 
why is the speed of light is what it is and not something else. And then, so if you take the simulation hypothesis seriously, you say, okay, the simulation has to have a starting point, has to have a very specific set of rules. You have to choose those rules randomly at best and say, all right, I'm just curious if I start with four fundamental laws and I start with this value of the speed of light and this value of cosmological constant and so on and so forth, what would arise? What would that like universe would look like? It's, it asks these other questions of, and I really don't need to be asking myself these questions at this stage of my life, but like, what is real then, I suppose? Do you know, like, is, is, is there anything real? So again, my perspective is that even if we are assimilated, we are not any less real than we are. I mean, what difference does it make? We're still... It's my ego. I need are, to know it matters. Right? I, I need to know... I mean, even if you're not simulator, right? I mean, if, if, even if we are not simulated, I think it's just like a very difficult... Um, it, it makes you feel a bit difficult to think about this entire universe in, from a starting to end. It makes you feel very ins insignificant. It makes you feel like... You really don't know what your origin is, what the end point is, all these very You sound like my wife fundamental. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean very fundamental questions, right? Yeah, like and, massively. Yeah, and I don't think if we are simulated, again, that changes our perspective with regard to these questions, right? It's just that we have to believe that whatever simulation it is, it is very real. It is very complete. It is very perfect. Because when, when you talk about it there, it kind of makes my brain hurt in, in regards to, I wonder to myself, well then, if humans were to continue the way they continued for many, many years on, right? And technology advances the way it would. At some stage, we'll probably be our own undoing, I imagine. Oh, Maybe. I mean, so, uh, so then... Uh, then it causes the idea of, then is this an existence? Then you could believe that this is an existence we've already lived and the simulation is, oh God, that's, <laughs> just, is that just my brain that hurts, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think it's, it's real. I mean, if you think about it, if you want to go deep and deep, you always get back to these questions, these yeah. very hard questions. Um, let me tell you, I mean, if you were doing the research I'm doing these days, which is trying to figure out how to take advantage of our slowly developing quantum computers, it would be even more scary, but also exciting because, I mean, it's not like technology like evolves as it has been evolving in the past few decades in terms of computations. It is going to be like evolving considerably so because of the quantum uh, computing technology. It's just like a completely different way of doing computations that would um, by kind of orders of magnitude would change our ability to simulate. And you start to say, oh, now as a scientist, as a human, I'm entering another stage of development where my brain is getting exposed to more possibilities. So then I would start to think, oh, the universe is actually quantum simulation. It's not just a simulation, it's quantum. And then that's what I talked about, right? I said wow. that my brain would perceive the universe according to my limitations. And now that this kind of limitation is out of the way and we can actually use quantum mechanics to simulate, 
why not thinking about the universe is, itself is quantum mechanical? It would even make more sense because you need far less resources to simulate such a thing. Yeah. So it's just amazing, right? I've... And who knows what, what would happen 500 years? It would be just a completely different perspective because of all these science and technology advances that could be completely revolutionary. Yeah, and I suppose it, it strikes the question then, are you talking about post-human is nearly? Do you know what I mean? Is this a post-human existence that and we're, right, right. we're just in the simulation? Oh, Jesus, man. Do you know well, what if I mean? we don't, if we don't destroy our ourselves, kind of if we don't go extinct, right? I mean, we can imagine possibility. I hope that doesn't happen, but I don't know if the, this civilization would go extinct for, for one reason or another, something would hit the earth. I don't know if we, there's an uh, AI um, that would become so powerful that would get rid of all the human civilization, then this would have stopped. Maybe someone else would have to start over. You should <laughs> see me with the skybox last night. I mean, it went out of, so I imagine couple of hundred years from now, it'll probably take me out at the first opportunity. And the way people talk to Alexa, she wouldn't talk to anyone with that level of disrespect. You know, like, <laughs> like right. so if Alexa got legs and was able to do a couple of left hooks, I'm sure it would make it would make sense. It would make logical sense if you thought about it, that if, if something was to look at what's best for the planet, yeah, we're I probably not is, are we? You know, we're probably not yeah. that. <laughs> right. I think generations from today, uh, they have to deal with a bunch of different issues. They would be very lucky because they know a lot more than we do and they have more capabilities. But I think they're going to face very um, challenging issues with regard to this technology developments. So that's another, I think, the topic for another discussion. Yeah. I think kind of everything is is connected one way or another when you start to think about these deep questions because right? these are more philosophical questions because it is that question of like i suppose like hope hope and, and purpose are, are yeah. things that drive people right they, these are things that make people want to live want to exist want to want, want to keep going so if they were taken away from you you know right right it asked it asked big questions is there a chance of us being turned off is that a stupid question um, if it hasn't happened for 13 point something billion, I mean, just uh, doing uh, the, the math and probability theory, I would say no, Good. but it is a possibility, right? I mean, if the universe is simulations and somehow uh, the simulator would run out of resources, then yeah, it, it would, it would, right? Or something fundamentally would change, right? Maybe the simulator would decide that this amount of information and uh, physical laws and a structure is just too much. Uh, I don't have enough resources. I have to balance things out. I have to uh, make things a bit more efficient here and there to be able to run the simulation a bit farther. Something that we do in our actual simulations mm. of laws of nature then uh, can I start play games, right? And at some point, because the universe is expanding, another hint, the universe is expanding, and at some point in far in the future, not today or tomorrow, very far in the future, um, the people that are sitting on Earth are going to see nothing 
because things are expanding and going far away. So the distances between different points is going to expand. And because the speed of light is finite, all we can see is darkness. We can't see the stars and planets and everything else anymore. Jeez, Dr. Davidi, you're, I mean, you're, you're killing me here. Like, yeah. this is, tell me this, like, you know the way a lot of beliefs and religion and uh, they're a crutch to people. They're, they're, they, they help you kind of get through the day. What about the simulation hypothesis comforts you? Is there anything in it that, that you, you get comfort from? Oh, it makes me feel like my research is worthwhile. <laughs> So I'm not just doing this for the sake of being paid, but also for the sake of like doing something that is significant and might actually be exactly what the universe itself is. So I'm kind of like God of my own in a way, right? Because as you make these simulations more and more sophisticated and closer and closer to reality, you feel like you're creating something that is as real as you are. So it's kind of very empowering, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Right? Could I interject yeah. very quickly? Is your research simulated? That's, that's inception stuff, I know. Yeah, so your research is simulated. Yeah, if you are in a simulation, my research is simulated, which means that my consciousness, uh, which is the result of all these fundamental interactions coming together and giving rise to all these complicated chemical and physiological reactions, that would give rise to consciousness in my brain would create my research. So if you go all the way back and have this bottom-up approach to creating the simulation, yes, in the end of the day, even my research is a simulation itself. It's part of the simulation. Yeah, and of course, there's a huge, there's like a, there's a lot of advocates for the simulation hypothesis, right? There's a lot of a lot of famous people are 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 believers in it. Yeah. Yes, that's correct, and I think. Um, there are some uh, really smart people that have made contributions to science and technology that are starting to take this seriously. And I think that's exactly because of this perspective that if I'm able to do such things, why wouldn't the universe itself be the, the result of someone else's uh, technology development, right? So I can see why we, some of these minds are kind of going along that direction and what you do you think what do you think the next level or is there a next level is is it is this it this is like it just this is it we we continue on and we go through eras and that's it i have no answer for that i mean i wish i could i mean i can start to speculate uh widely but that would not be scientifically based i mean i would say 90 percent of what we said today are not based on rigorous scientific proof unfortunately as i said these are just based on hints and logical connections and sort of the conjectures uh, you can come up with unfortunately none of them are proved yet and that's very important whenever i talk to interested people in this topic i keep reminding them that be careful don't go beyond what we already know and what we already proved otherwise it's not science it's meta science or it's it's philosophy yeah right? and you keep bringing it back to science the whole time right that's that's your absolutely your, your bag. absolutely back to science so if we like if we reach a stage where we know that we are in a simulation is there a chance we can break that simulation can we have yeah can we 
Can we hack the simulation? Yeah, good question. No, I, I, I mean, if it's like the simulations that I do, uh, I don't see a chance of doing that. I mean, you might become aware of it, but breaking out of the simulation according to physical laws, I can't find an analogy to it in yeah. my own research. I mean, it might be possible. Again, it's my limited brain, limited experience with, with these simulations. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Don't mind her. She's never happy where she is. Just <clears throat> shut up and have a good time. She wants to break out. <clears throat> <laughs> break free. Yeah, yes. no, you can't break free. You don't even know what you're breaking free to. Look, if you still have the choices that you can make today and um, you have still your will and you have the opportunities in this, this life that we have, why do you want to break out of it? As I said, I mean, it's not any less real than it is. If you're happy with the life that you currently have, even if it's a simulation, just be happy with it, right? Um, it's not like we're, we're, we're stuck and maybe there's something more out there. I mean, if this is already what we want and we can make decisions and make choices, then we're free, right? Yeah. It's just that our perception of what the underlying mechanism for it is, is different, but it shouldn't really change our perspective. And I... As far as research, yeah, sorry, just uh, you got a lot of head, head scratching going on around me here. Um, as far as the science of it, the mathematics of it, and and the proof of it, where are you at with that side of it? Yeah, so what we proposed a few years ago was that if the universe is a simulation, it should have the same limitations as our own simulations of the small patches of universe. And because we have finite computational resources for these simulations, we cannot simulate, for example, continuum space-time. And by continuum means that at every single point in a space-time, there are an infinite number of points within that, that is small patch, right? It's continuum. There is no sort of distinction between the different, yeah. uh, going from one point to the other. And um, we can do that even for a very small patch of the universe. We are not able to do that because we don't have an infinite, infinitely powered machine, right? And so we had this fundamental sort of assumption that we made and said, all right, this is my starting point. Let's assume that if the universe is a simulation, it is a simulation with finite computational resources. There is no infinity, infinity possible within the simulation. So then what would happen is that the universe cannot be continuum. The universe cannot be infinite in dimension. So then the universe is finite in, its, in, its, in itself then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So there are only a finite amount of ingredients that I can describe within the universe or that simulator can describe within the universe. So starting from this idea, so if we move out away from the continuum scenario and we had a discretized lattice of points, can we detect something about uh, this discretized nature of a space and time by looking at certain uh, physical phenomena out there and going to experiments or observatories and try to find out what those are? Um, but then you might say, well, let's say that we observe these patterns, these very anomalous patterns. And we learn that the universe is, or space-time is, is discretized. It's kind of like a lattice of points. Would that be enough to say that the universe is a simulation? Unfortunately not, mm -hmm. right? 
because someone else, some of my colleagues might come along and say, oh, I came up with another theory that actually describes and explains why the universe should be discretized or be a lattice. Um, why would you say that the universe is a simulation? Why I have a computing theory that would explain the same thing? It's a very a fair statement. And in fact, we have to come up with more and more of these signatures that all these simulation hypotheses can explain, but no other theory can do it as well as the simulation hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Right? So there may be more, more features that I have been blind to because I didn't think about the quantum nature of these simulations that I cannot come up with. And I will maybe go out there and search for them in experiments. Wow. Well, you're doing a lot more thinking about it than anyone else here. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, really, really. And uh, to ask us. Yeah, go on, John, John. Can I touch on one thing, okay? If this is a mathematical thing, okay? If, if, if it's calculated on a mathematical basis, you need to have stuff to plug into a formula in order to do that, okay? And therefore, you said that if we have choice and we have freedom, why should we worry about this being a simulation? But if they already know this stuff to forecast, we're, we wouldn't be free. So, so here's a, the, the thing is that, yes, the um, simulation or the simulator of the universe um, might know our uh, fate or might not know our fate. We wouldn't, right? We are inside the simulation. And even if there is an outcome, we are not aware of it. And again, really going back to this perspective of these simulations are very fundamental. They're very complete. The simulator does not interfere with the simulation once it is started because he or she wants to find out what would happen if he or she started from that original point with a few inputs, with a few laws, mm. and just let it run. Why would he or she interfere and like completely ruin the result of billions of years of computation? It just doesn't make sense. It's just like I go out there and ask the funding agencies to give me hundreds of millions of CPU hours to simulate an atomic nucleus all the way from fundamental laws. That's like what we can do nowadays. And sometimes in the middle of the simulation, I say, oh, let me change this rule of the simulation and just completely ruins it. It's not going to be the same thing as the original theory. I lose um, hundreds of millions of CPU hours if I wanted to interfere with my simulations. So just like, again, going back to my experience, I don't think it's kind of logical for the simulator to try to change the course of the evolution. Yeah. He or she wants to find out what comes out because if they knew, the simulator knew, there was no reason to start out the simulation. They're just right? trying to figure out what happens to you, John John. They're leaving that up to you. No spoilers. Do, do you know what I mean? No spoilers. no spoilers. They've just set it up and they're just like all sitting around going, look at John John now. Look what he's doing. Do you know? Man, wow. Like, wow, wow. It's it's a mind bender. I'll be thinking about this in bed tonight. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And it doesn't make any difference if you're a physicist or not. It is still mind blowing. So Yeah, yeah. Listen. Thank you so much for explaining all this to me. It's it's um you've done uh, you've done a good job because I know it's very complex and um, 
I'll be I'll be eagerly anticipating what you come up with next and uh, best of luck with all your research. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. It was a very fun conversation. Yeah, I, really no, I know it's probably it a bit well. lightweight for you. Um, it wasn't the mental sparring you needed, but, but <laughs> for, for us, it was very interesting. So look, thanks a million. Thank you very much, Dr. Davoudi. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't I tell you was mind blown? Isn't wasn't isn't it isn't it a thinker? Doesn't it make you think? No, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes part of what she says it makes you makes your brain hurt. No, my brain is still hurting. Yeah. But oh, my brain is definitely hurting. Yeah. yeah. Very very thought probing, and that's good. That is good. I'll tell you what else is thought probing. Is my what do I think? Okay, listen, I think that sometimes the distraction of kind of paying bills and going on holidays and watching the euros and arguing with my wife and eating pizza and work and washing the car and staring at my phone and watching youtube and just fucking life man it distracts me on a very base level from sitting and thinking and considering like it's good to be able to ask yourself big questions for example, I think in life we're told things as children and then as soon as we can talk, we begin to ask questions because the world and the universe is just fascinating to us and we're inquisitive. Yet for some reason, as we evolve and just get older, some of us, me included, just stop, you know? Life just takes over and maybe we don't ask the big questions maybe we do because we don't want the big fucking answers is the other thing you know um <laughs> what we believe can be a great crutch for life helps us get through it i remember having an argument with my mum one day about religion and you know it's nice it's nice to assume there's a god and we die and we see all our loved ones again in babylon you know that's a nice crutch that's i like that that gives me peace and no one's saying that's wrong what about the big questions though what is reality? What is life? Do we have free will? Is the universe deterministic? Like are all events including human action? Are they ultimately determined by causes regarded as external to my will? What is consciousness really? You know, will, will we ever have a, a theory for everything? What is this fucking place, man? Like seriously, why am I here? Why are we here? Because at the moment, for me, it's just losing weight and paying bills. That seems to be my life. I don't, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of shouting at kids in between that. But, but that's, you see, we joke about it because they're, they're kind of impossible questions. But you see, I need to take time to think, to ponder, to consider. And to do that, I need to develop and nurture my mind and combine that with my feelings and facts and speculation and listen to my spirit and my gut and create my own thoughts my own opinions, you know what I mean? Rather than always just regurgitating all the emphatic information I've been told and taking everything as gospel. Like, I should have an understanding and educate myself on religion, spirituality, cosmology, and philosophy. Honestly, like the French, they do philosophy in school. They do it from like, you know, like it's just a different attitude. The main response I've heard from people and friends is the simulation hypothesis hypothesis or theory or whatever you want to call it it's just a little bit unbelievable you know it's just not believable and to that i say look how fast we're moving from a technological standpoint like ai medicine industry science it's impossible to keep pace with it so think 
technologically, bearing in mind, did you see that Neuralink thing, Elon Musk's computer yeah, yeah, to yeah. brain? Yeah, remember that? The interface Scary recently. Shit. He, he showed a video um, showing a monkey playing a video game Pong with, it, with its mind. Right, its brain signals were sent wirelessly via an implanted device in its brain. That same interface could eventually allow people with neurological conditions to control phones or computers. And it could alter people's intelligence. The brain implanted chip can also control human emotions by tweaking hormone levels. It's fucking mind blowing stuff. And this is now, like that concept's not just science fiction. It's it's not a Rick and Morty episode. Elon Musk's Neuralink is is already, they're already working on all that. So with that in mind, humor me. Imagine if someday, 50, 100 years from now, we were able to model the mind with enough detail, then we would be able to create an artificial mind capable of thought in the same way that we are. Right? To assume that if we were able to simulate the entire world in sufficient detail, like a really futuristic Sims or Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto, which isn't unthinkable, and feed the world into the artificial minds we have created in the form of sensory inputs, the artificial minds would be completely incapable of determining that they were in a simulation, unless they were given explicit knowledge by its creators of the simulation so it's, it's not, the matrix it, yeah it like it's not unbelievable that it would be theoretically possible to create a machine with enough computing power to stimulate both the human mind and the universe in sufficient detail to create a simulation that would be indistinguishable from our universe is it it's not unbelievable no it's not so it just asks the question well, what do you believe? You know? Anyway, listen, this is a trippy one today. Uh, isn't it? This is out there, man. This episode, I dig this episode. Um, uh, listen, uh, for myself, John, John and Mahi, the podcast is flying. We're really enjoying it. Um, we're getting lovely feedback from you guys. If you've enjoyed the podcast, um, please like, subscribe, share, and you can leave a comment. There's five-star option. I, I, I would be going with five-star with all this deep shit we're giving you, man. Um, uh, um, uh, you can also, they can do other things, I'm sure, can't they? Oh, yeah, on all social media, get me at uh, Bashmawi on uh, Instagram or Bazashmawi on um, Twitter and and all of that. Tell your stuff. friends. You tell your friends, tell your friends. There's also, like, this is our 21st episode, like, happy 21, but, like, there's a gang load. Gang load. Tell your mother-in-law. Tell, tell your mother-in-law. Tell Definitely. whoever you like. But there's a gang load of episodes back there as well, which are really great, man. And um, you should have a listen and, uh, and uh, kind of search through them. Anyway... Whatever world you're you're in, uh, from all of us here, good luck in the car.